This reading is 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. Let's read the scripture passage together in one voice. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At the time Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again the third time. He arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. This is the word of God. Please be seated. It's so nice to have a frosh sitting right at the front. Um, uh, the fact that they're really listening to Pastor David, uh, which is great. I heard a lot of good things going on in uh, college ministry, even the retreat. Uh, it was really a um, great time of fellowship, uh, worshiping the Lord. And I can see really college students are bonding with Pastor David. And if you see him, I mean, you know, how can you ever say no to him? He's always smiling. And even uh, the gathering, the name is happy hour, right? happy hour. So uh, I'm glad that our college students are really growing in Christ as well. There's one um, announcement that I want to revisit, highlight, and then also make some uh, correction regarding gala dinner on September 9th. It is very important for our EM to uh, participate uh, actively. We actually have about 200 uh, tickets 150 for uh, KM Park, and then 50 tickets were selling uh, to New Hope. And uh, KM Park, 150, I think, is all sold. Uh, the reason why we're kind of highlighting is not just to sell tickets, uh, but for our New Hope to take ownership and to really have a presence uh, in this banquet. So even MC of the banquet and evening will be Uh, done by Deacon Richard from downtown and then YJ from our Mississauga. So they really want to see our uh, New Hope congregation members taking ownership and then leading in terms of raising next generation in terms of scholarship. So $100 uh, will be the ticket price and not entire money, the fund will be uh, considered as a donation uh, because there will be nice dinner. Uh, so $50 will be spent for dinner And $50 will be put into donation. So when you buy, you are actually uh, coming to enjoy nice dinner, but also uh, giving $50 
uh, as a donation and will be issued as a donation receipt. I know that uh, many of you are desperate to buy Taylor Swift ticket. Uh, this ticket is still available and you don't need to pay double or triple uh, and it will be used for a good cause. So uh, there is an invitation for you. Uh, we're continuing on with a prayer. Last Sunday we talked about praying through pain and today uh, we'll be talking about praying through listening. And next Sunday, praying together as a community, praying through community. So praying through listening based on 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, I would like to begin uh, with opening marks saying that listening is the climax of prayer. Listening is the climax of prayer. Many times we think that crying out, praying loud is the highlight or climax of prayer, but actually not. Uh, It is when we listen to the voice of God, uh, that is a sweet spot or climax of our prayer. I'm not just talking about listening, but attentive listening. Uh, No one will argue against the importance of prayer. We know that prayer is so vital in our relationship with God. But why do we fail to pray? Why do we not pray? Number one basic reason, which I indicated last Sunday, is because we don't really believe in the power of prayer. Because if we do, the prayer will make transformation. If we believe that God works through prayer, There is no way that we will not pray. So that's the bottom line. That many of us, the reason why we don't pray is because we don't believe in the power of prayer. So many different reasons. Some of us, maybe uh, we're not sure whether really God works through prayer. Or some of us, maybe we've been hurt or disappointed that you pray in the past earnestly and yet somehow God never really deliver or answer your prayer. There are different layers. I know that. But one of the key reasons why we fail to pray consistently is because we feel like we're praying against the wall. We feel like God is silent and God never speaks to us. And there are times that God, we need to listen to the voice of God through prayer, and yet there are so many competing voices in us, inner voices. Uh, Many of us, we try to pray, but then there are so many inner voices. We talking. The voice of discouragement, voice of doubt, voice of anger, frustration, fear, anxiety. So that when we try to pray, you know, these voices come and just take our inner soul. Or there are voices of world or enemy, deceiving voice. What is the point for you to pray? Just go, get up, and do something about it on your own. There is no point. You just move on and you take care of yourself. So there are voices of our inner self, there are voices of this world and enemy. 
And that's why it is very difficult for us to really concentrate and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But if you are born again Christian, if you are born again in spirit, you have to understand that God has given you spiritual ears to listen to the voice of God. And I'm not saying that God speaks to you like with this loud, vivid voice, Jason, quit your job today, and tomorrow you just go somewhere else. It's not that kind of voice, but God often speaks through the Holy Spirit, giving us a prompting, peace, conviction. Our God loves to speak to his children. So let me ask you this question. How many of you are able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit when you pray? When we come to 1 Samuel chapter 3, it is very interesting because in verse 7 it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not, been, not yet been revealed to him. It is interesting because Samuel is growing up in the house of the Lord. And Samuel is faithfully serving the Lord. So he's not like, you know, out there, you know, doing worldly things or sinning against God. He's literally eating and sleeping and serving in the house of the Lord. Daily he's serving the Lord, and yet the word of the Lord has not been revealed to him. I think many of us can relate to, why? Right? Because many of us, we grew up in church. Some of you were even born in this church. Or you've been attending Sunday worship, you're serving faithfully. And you feel like you're in the Lord. You are having this Christian journey, and yet the word of the Lord has not been revealed to you. You haven't been really receiving or having this conviction or guidance of the Holy Spirit in your prayer. So that's why when you pray, you feel like you are just praying against the wall. So what does it mean by listening prayer? Number one, listening prayer means having two-way conversation. So prayer, brothers and sisters, is a communication with God, right? Any kind of communication, what do you do? It's never one-way communication. It's two-way communication. Not only you talking, but also you need to listen. Many of you are used to that kind of dynamic, right? Maybe some of the children, you feel like your parents keep talking to you. They never listen to you. Parents feel the same thing, right? Uh, you feel like children are keep kind of wanting what they want, but they never listen to your heart. Uh, husband and wife. I experienced the same too. The other, uh, the other day, last week, uh, one of the persons uh, of our Korean congregation wanted to have a conversation. Uh, so I set aside one hour. I was talking. Basically, she was talking to me like 55 minutes. Non-stop, not giving me opportunity to say anything. But, 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 but keep talking. Like, I'm done. Like, not having opportunity or space to listen, right? Just keep talking, going at it. 
It's very interesting because many times when we pray, we do exactly the same thing. We talk to God. And 95% or even 99%, we just talk to God. We let him what we want. This and that. God, do this and do that. And amen, we walk away. In verse 1 says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. What does it mean? It's our God is God who wants to speak. Our God is the one who speaks to his people, constantly reveals his will. But why was it where? Because up to chapter 2, God was speaking. Up to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 2, God was speaking, and yet chapter 3 begins by saying that the word of the Lord was rare. We see some of the evidences why that God stopped speaking. The Eli, the priest, and two sons of Eli, their spiritual state, they didn't want to listen to God. Chapter 2, verse 30, this is what God said. For those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. What God is saying is that those who honor my voice, I will speak to them. Those who respect, those who really love and desire to hear my voice, I will speak to them. But when they dishonor, when they despise, when they don't care, and to Eli and Eli's two sons, even though God was speaking to them up to chapter 2, they despise or disrespect. Our God does not force something or shove it down when we do not want to. Our God is never nagging God. So if you do not want to listen to God's voice, he will not speak to you. But on the other hand, if you really desire and love and care about listening to God's voice and you come before the Lord with attentive posture in your prayer, God will speak. God is not a beggar. Please, please let me speak. He doesn't work that way. So number one, it's about really love and care. When you love and care, you begin to listen. And parents, there are times that your children are saying something. But when we do not have love and care, we do not listen. And we cannot listen even though they say it numerous times. Vice versa, to our loved ones, when you really love, when you really care, you listen. Have you ever experienced that? You say it like a thousand times and yet they don't listen? Right? 
I experienced that before. Like in a small group, you pray, and then hey, what's your prayer request, Pastor Jason? Oh, you know what? Like uh, right after service, our team is flying to Afghanistan. My wife is concerned, and but I'll be there for two weeks. So next week I will not be at church. Please pray. We'll pray for you. And you pray, but then like uh, when you go, like uh, see you next Sunday. Usually I uh, like share certain things. And you, you notice that there are people who really listen to you, and people don't listen. I mean, they just nod, and yeah, just so quickly they just forget. And I am guilty of that too. Like nodding my head, and like I feel like I'm listening, and I act like I'm listening, and yet my heart sometimes is not fully being there. Being attentive. Do you have desire to listen to God? When I was talking to uh, Pastor Charles and Pastor David, we're talking about the spiritual state. Uh, oftentimes, especially for second generation or third generation. Because life is comfortable, somehow we have established things in our lives, it's good, it's comfortable. And those are very dangerous state because we do fine without God. In fact, some of you, your life is set. It is so stable that you don't want God to speak because you don't want God to intervene. No wonder why we're not having this willingness to listen. But on the other hand, those of us who have a willingness to listen, what happens is that God really sharpens and clears your spiritual antenna. As you listen to God, it becomes clear and clear and clear. St. Augustine of Hippo said, we may pray most when we say least. And we may pray least when we say most. Martin Luther said, the fewer the words, the better the prayer. So brothers and sisters, let me ask you the ratio of your prayer. How much are you talking and how much are you listening? And those of us as spiritual leaders and pastors, especially, and people who are leading prayer, you need to remember, there are times that you need to really have a prayer request and pray wholeheartedly, but also you must set aside space for you to pause and listen what God wants. But sometimes we as leaders, we become insecure, so we become very wordy. So we gather people to come and pray, but we end up talking the most. But there are people who are coming to pray. They need to pray, and they want to pray. But sometimes we don't give them space to pray because we are too wordy. We talk too much. So we must set aside to listen, and God delights 
when we come with an open heart to listen to him. One of the reporters asked Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa was a woman of prayer, so this reporter was wondering, Mother Teresa, when you pray, what do you do? And Mother Teresa said this, well, I don't say much. I just mostly listen to God. So this reporter was curious. Okay, so when you listen to God, what does God say? And she said, well, he doesn't say much either. He listens to me. It's very ironic, and yet those of us who understand and have heard the presence of God and experience, you know what I'm talking about. And there's a sense of deeper connection with God, and you are able to enter into the presence of God through prayer. So that through prayer, you're not no longer hitting the wall, but you're approaching the throne of God, and you see the glimpse of the presence of God in your soul. So listening prayer is never one way, but two-way conversation. But number two, true listening leads to obedience. In verse 10, and the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel says, speak for your servant hears. When you listen, what happens? You recognize God's heart, God's will, and you follow that, and then you become even more strengthened in your spiritual walk with God. And yet, the reason why we do not listen to God, God's voice, number one, what I said was, we are not willing to listen. We have no desire. We don't care. We discard or disregard God's heart. But there are other hindrances to listening prayer. Number one, it's a lack of response and disobedience. Andy Stanley says this, overexposure and under-response to truth. That's what it is. So we know God's word so much as a head knowledge. We have it as an information, but we know it, and yet we under-respond. So it's just head knowledge. And it's so true because nowadays, if we want, we can listen to fantastic sermons every single day. You don't even need to come here. Podcast, you know, you have Tim Keller or other like great sought-after preacher Monday through Saturday or even Sunday. Every single day you can listen. And yes, it is true, listening to God's sermon or God's word is a lot better than listening to any other things. And yet, you listen and you are being overexposure, and yet you under-response to the truth of God. That's when your hearts become hardened. And God knows your heart, whether you are willing to listen or not whether you are willing to obey or not. You see, Eli and two sons, they listened to God's voice in chapter 2, but Eli's two
two sons, they care more about their greed. Falling into temptation. Gaining worldly pleasure. So they care more about gaining worldly treasure than God's heart. And Eli, same thing. Eli knew and he heard from God and yet he cared more about his sons than God's heart. Isn't that true, parents? We know what God wants and yet sometimes we choose our kids. We choose our children, what they want. God's will, our children. That's a temptation. Many young people, right? God's will or my fleshly desire right now, what I want. And God knows your heart, whether you are willing to obey or not. There are many times that uh, when I was having conversation, and young people especially, I "I really want to know God's will for my heart, my life. And I asked that question, so brother, sister, if God were to really reveal, are are you going to obey or not? And oftentimes they say, well, that's a separate thing. So we want to know God's will in our hearts, but whether we're going to obey or not, it's like separate. It's like this, like we're having a family uh, outing, and oftentimes it's like that, right? My girls. Where do you want to go? I say, oh, whatever you want, Dad. Okay, great, let's go there. No, not there. So second option, let's go there. No, not there. Like third, no. Well, where do you want to go? Whatever you want, whatever you want to eat, Dad. And that's what happens, like many times, like, God speak, and God speaks, but no, not that, but speak, whatever you want, we will follow. Or some of us, we really intentionally don't listen to God, because we have this misconception of who God is, right? Many of us, we think that God is someone like who forced something that we don't want, right? Like, you pray, God, I want to serve you. Okay, go to Africa. So you don't want to pray. You don't want to listen. So it's like many, many people uh, nowadays, uh, you know, you have a headphone, right? Noise cancellation headphone. Right? How many of you have a noise cancellation headphone, right? So it's like this. When you come to church, like you have this God's voice cancellation headphone. It's like, oh, that, I don't want that. God's voice cancellation, right? Pick and choose what I want. No no wonder why we become very dull, insensitive, spiritually. And this standing goes on saying, when what grieves God no longer grieves you, your heart is hard. When what bothers God doesn't bother you anymore, your heart is hard. Think about that. 
not only under response or disobedience, number two, second reason is being busy and having our own agenda. So you already have your own plan. And you see prayer as more like pushing your agenda. Right? God, do this. Do this for me. I know that many of our parents are praying for our children, but oftentimes we have our own vision and plan for the future of our children, and we push through prayer. God, do this for our children. Many people, when you are about to get married or dating, right, you push for your agenda, right? Rather than praying, Lord, do you really want me to pursue this relationship with this person? That's authentic prayer. But oftentimes you already decided, Lord, let him say yes. Let her say yes. Or school that you want to go into, job that you want to pursue. You push, you push, you push. Let it be your will, God. Yes, God works through the desires of our heart. There's nothing wrong for you to really say honestly. And there's nothing wrong. And I pray like that. God, it is my desire. It is my desire, and you know what I really desire. And yet, even through that, would you reveal your heart? And if I really idolize this more than you, let me know. So being Christian, it doesn't mean now you have your no agenda, no will, no desire. No, and that's not what God wants either. God wants to know what you want. And God works through the desires of your heart as well. But when that really violates God's priority, right? There are times, right? You're desperate to have certain things and you're praying. That's all you're thinking about. And yet in listening prayer, God is saying, Maybe you're idolizing that more than me. For me, even church, ministry can be idolized. That's what happened to Martha. The difference between Martha and Mary was that Martha was busy, being busy, and she was doing ministry, and she fails to listen to God. Oswald Chambers said this, the greatest competitor of devotion to Jesus is service for him. Sometimes in the name of doing ministry or service to God, sometimes we fail to listen. But I don't want you to go extreme now. Okay, don't worry, ministry, quit everything. No, when you listen, God moves your heart to obey. See, you have to have balance. There has to be cycle. So you, you need to pause. Whether if you are really cut up with ministry or whether you're cut up of pursuing your own goal, there are times that you need to pause. And our fresh students, 
Congratulations that you are moving on to the next stage. But you know what? This week, maybe this will be a really good opportunity for you to pause. Why am I studying? Why am I going away? Or why am I staying? Whatever you do, you need to pause and you need to listen to God. And God will give you conviction or clarity. Once you have that, you need to move forward. But as you move forward, there are times that you need to intentionally pause always and listen again why you are studying, why you are pursuing certain things. So for me, uh, once a year, uh, during summer, I take one month preaching off. It's not vacation. I still go into different ministry. I have a visitation. I go into downtown, uptown, education, but I stop preaching for one month intentionally. Why? Because even as a preacher, it is my God's calling for me to preach, and yet I need to pause at times to listen, to pray, listen to other people, where our God, uh, God is leading our church. So parents, you need to really, there are times you need to pause. Why you are parenting. People who are working in your professional field, you need to pause why you are in that place and listen to God so that you can go back with conviction, clarity, spiritual sensitivity. So there has to be cycle, pausing, listening, moving forward. Pausing, listening, moving forward. Some of you, in the name of being Waiting for the Lord, you've been waiting for 10 years and 20 years. You know what? That's lack of response. You need to get up and you need to move forward. You need to obey. You need to do something if God speaks to you. But on the other hand, those of you who've been busy, busy, busy doing something, but yet you feel like you never pause to listen to God, you need to sit down, listen. I recommend this even in family. Some of the working parents, you know, husband working, mom working, children are busy. You need to pause. You need to listen to God, but also you need to listen to one another. To be renewed. To have a heart-to-heart, soul conversation with one another. And that's how you're retuning, restoring the family relationship as well. And you will be doing silent retreat in September. You know what? Perfect time for you to go. Listen to God. Our God loves to speak to you. If you set aside and desire to listen, he will speak to you. My last point, listening prayer is balanced prayer with Conviction and confirmation. Okay, these two. Conviction and confirmation. If you really hear God's guidance or God's voice, you need conviction, right? Not being shaken by circumstance. Because chances are, even though you are following God's voice, you, you will get into a tough situation. You will go through ups and downs. There are turbulences in your spiritual journey. One of the pastors that I know, uh, we went to West Africa Missions Conference, and it's a sought-after pastor and writer in Korea. 
but he was a president of uh, NBC broadcast. He was a top anchor, you know, news desk person. So he was really a well-known person, and yet somehow he encountered God drastically, and he was transformed, and he really wanted to go into full-time ministry. So he decided to go to a seminary. Everyone said no, including his wife. Never. But you know what? He went. No regret. Why? Because he really felt like I was calling him. There was a conviction. So he wanted to plant the church. Everyone was against it, even including his wife. You know what? Never regret it. And God is like really making impact in so many people's lives through his ministry. He has a conviction. You know what? God has called me. No regret. Wow, that's conviction. When you hear the voice of God, when you hear what God is speaking to you, you, you got to have a conviction. You know what? No regret. There are so many people in this world living their lives, and by the time they end, regrets. Regrets. Maybe some of you are living your life with a regret. You regret so many decisions in your past. But can you imagine you listen to God's voice and you move along? And through obstacles and hindrances and turbulences of your life, you know what? Life is hard. And yet, you have no regret because you know that God has called you. And that's the best place that you can be. Conviction. The enemy constantly gives you uh, like worries and fears and anxiety, right? And conviction is so vital. Let me challenge our students. Like, are you studying out of conviction? Are you sure? Because your life right now is a golden stage of your life, the best season of your life. Why do you want to waste your life something that you're not sure? So if you're not sure, you know what? You got to pray. You got to pray. And you do it because you feel like God is calling you, not because your parents told you or you have no choice or everyone else is doing. You got to have conviction in your heart. When you're dating, when you get married, are you sure? But having conviction, balance with confirmation. What I mean is this. Some of you are very sure, and yet everyone thinks that <laughs> that's not it. It's like, If you're really convicted that you're going to be leading praise and yet everyone in your band don't think so, you've got you to think otherwise. Right? You feel like you're called to be the leader spiritually, but your entire church don't think so. And there has to be confirmation. So the word of the Lord and voice of God never contradict. So listening to God's voice has to be always grounded and rooted in God's word. It never conflicts with God's word. For example, no one knows the day or the return of Jesus Christ. And if you ever hear a voice that Jesus is coming back tomorrow, 
and you say that God spoke to me, you know what? That's not God's voice. This one brother was so desperate to get married, and he went to retreat center, and he was praying, 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 and then he saw this uh, like face of a one sister. Oh, it must be God. So went to her, like, God spoke to me that I need to marry you. And she said, but I'm already married. Like, that's not God's will, okay? Like, never breaking your covenant to go with someone else, that's not God's will, okay? So never contradicts the word of the Lord. And it, what's really concerning is that our many young people these days, we don't know God's word. Because when God speaks, it's not again like up from the heaven like, Jason, like go somewhere. Like, no, God speaks through the word of the Lord. And when you have this word of the Lord in your heart, God prompts using the word of the Lord in your heart to give you conviction, clarity, peace. So when you have no substance, and that's, the, that's why many of us, we go to retreat and we feel like something good or we go to mission and they come back and we feel like God is speaking, but then you never last long because there's no substance to go for longevity. So we have to be confirmed with the word of the Lord, be rooted in God's word. That's why you need to study the word of the Lord. And when you know the word of the Lord, God speaks. God uses God's word to speak to you. And not only that, God confirms through community. Church community, spiritual mentor, your small group leaders, Listen to this in verse 18. So Samuel told him, meaning Eli, everything and hid nothing from him. And Eli said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel went to Eli. There was accountability, confirmation. You name any person in the Bible, they hear God's voice, but they always Confirm. Even Peter, top disciple, he heard the voice of God through the Holy Spirit to baptize Gentile Cornelius, but he goes to the church, reports. There was a confirmation by the members and the leaders of the church. He never said, well, I am Peter. I have this direct relationship with God, and, you know, I'm not accountable. I have a conviction. I will do what I hear from God. You don't matter. No, there was accountability. So, brothers and sisters, it is very important for you to have this relationship. Church community is very important. So, you go through conviction, but also you go through confirmation. Time is running out, but all the significant decisions of my life I went through this process. Lord, if it's your will, give me conviction, peace. And yet, let there be confirmation. Praying together with my wife. Praying together with my mentor. Confirmation. Praying together with our leaders. Confirmation. So that you know you are on the right track. Brothers and sisters, when you are making important decisions of your life, when you are about to get married, 
when you're about to switch your job, if it is God's will, you need to really pause and really ask God to speak to you. Already moving along is tough. You have so many obstacles, and yet, why would you move forward on your own, apart from God? So it is God's invitation for you now to really revisit the conversation. The prayer is never one way, but two-way conversation. There's a joy of walking with God through listening His voice. Let's pray together. Today, I just want to invite you to pause. And let's invite God, Lord, speak, Lord, I am listening. Maybe some of you will be very difficult the moment that I give you this pause. So many different voices. You don't even know where to begin, but you know what? Begin with this willingness, Lord. I don't know how to or where to begin, but I really want to walk with you. I want to make space. When you start praying, starting from tomorrow, I want to invite you to do that. If you don't know where to begin, you know what? Open up the Bible and pray through and say, God, would you speak? I want to give you guys a few moments to pause. We come before you, believing and trusting that you want to speak to us in every season, every step of the way. Uh, in good times, you want to speak, and never to idolize what's been given to us. In tough times, that you want to speak to us. that how much you love, that what you have done for us. In mundaneness and daily routine, you want to speak to us, that you enjoy as we abide in you. In very busy season, you want us to pause, regain perspective, 
So Lord, I pray that your people come before you to listen through prayer. That we will be able to discover the joy of praying once again, establishing intimacy as a two-way conversation. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, unconditional love of our God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon people of God who desire to know God's heart through listening and prayer now and forevermore. Amen.